all the good things. We got all the good things. She said that we believe in the oneness of everything that exists. It's all we. It's all we. It's all woo. It's all we. It's all woo. It's all woo. It's all woo. <laughs> that gift, that breath of life, flows through each and every single living thing on this planet. Anytime you come from a place of gratitude, you can show up better in your life. Everything in life is a gift, and it's our choice to see it as that. Ooh, this guy sounds like he's coming from very humble origins, but is just so honest and so true to his moral compass. People are inspired by them, by their tenacity, by their perseverance. Like he was happier knowing that he did the right thing. Ooh. What's up? We're back. Uh, Episode numero six. Ooh, ooh. Did you miss us? We know you did. <laughs> uh, you only miss Melissa. <laughs> Happy Monday. My How's Monday. everyone's Monday going? If you haven't already, take a second to celebrate Monday. New week, new fresh start. Ooh. Not manic Monday, magic Monday. <laughs> What's magical that's going on in your life? My last night was super magical. Uh, Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Esme had an opportunity to ground down and set some intentions and do some candle magic. And it was all the magical things. Before you judge us and you're like, woo, that's so wooshy-washy. If you've ever blown out a birthday candle and made a wish, you've also done candle magic. So, boom, mic drop. <laughs> Which is everyone who's listening. It's just making a wish with a little bit more intention and a little bit more umph. So it's more grounded in something that's more likely to come true. Yes. Bless. Yes. It's basically like setting goals. Yeah. And it's, lighting goal, a... it's goal setting with, a, with lighting a candle. Yes, yeah. exactly. Perfect. What were y'all's good things? I made the best board of my life. If you don't know what that means, at Core, <laughs> at core Power, we advertise things on big chalkboards. And I'm slightly artistically gifted. gifted. Yes, she's you not are. slightly. She's, she's extremely. She's being very humble. She designed our logo. She has beautiful penmanship. Oh, thanks. Yes. So I get to have a fun job where I doodle on these boards and make signs for upcoming events. And one of the upcoming events is a sculpt class that Kristen and I are teaching to all hip hop music. And we're making it raunchy and fun, and it's called Freak a Leak. And I designed this board. Parental advisory. Parental advisory, explicit content coming your way. And I designed it to look like an album cover. And it's oh, it's so it's my greatest work. Yeah. It's my greatest work. We created rapper names. Yes. <laughs> I called Kristen while I was making it and just said, What's your rapper name? Tell me what it is. And it took us a while to come up with them. I am big A. But E with an accent, which is pronounced A. So it's like big A. Big A. And I am Notorious Moo. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> Notorious Moo and Big A. Notorious Moo. If you guys don't know what they're talking about when they say Freak League, their raunchy sculpt class, probably gonna have you twerking on a wall at some point. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And humping the ground. You dab. <laughs> You do fun. It's super, It's a blast. You're throwing a, a little stinky leg. Yeah. It takes you out of your comfort zone in a great way. 
Um, my good thing is that it's Chinese New Year officially, ooh, ooh, and ooh, ooh. I'm half Chinese, so <laughs> I do celebrate. Uh, and my whole family is getting together with my mom, my brother and sister-in-law, my nephew, and we're gonna eat some dumplings. We're probably gonna try to make them. That's the tradition that you do. Oh, how was your mom's birthday last weekend? It was really good. We just feasted a lot, stuffed our face, lots of quality family time. We went to the beach in Malibu. Um, my mom's awesome. So is my family. So I love spending time with them. It's super rejuvenating. And we're prepping my mom to go to India. So we even went to the self-realization meditation center in Pacific oh, Palisades. That place is amazing. Just walk around it. They're doing a little bit of renovation right now, but it's like a lake. In the middle of these mountains. Yeah, that's definitely on my list of places to go. I want to go. It's a little shrine, and you just go, and you can just sit wherever, and people are closing their eyes, meditating. Wait, let's all go. Yeah. Let's go. It's worth it to visit. It's free, so go and support. Um, What's your Chinese zodiac? I'm a tiger. Me too. I'm a fire tiger. I'm a rat. She's a rat. The rat is a... What? What I was going to say, I remember that because my brother is 96. Gotcha. rat, yeah. They are the winner of the race. Just saying. Are they? They are number one. They beat so, the tiger? Yeah, the rat oh, won the race, oh. right? I have no idea. <laughs> is, that, that, is that why they You're call it rat race? I'll, I'll figure it out. All I know is that this year is the year of the metal rat. So The metal rat. I think do I'm your a own fire. research. I think I'm a fire <laughs> rat. Fire. Yeah. Fire. So metal rat. I'm not sure exactly okay, well, what that means for all of us. <laughs> you got a tiger, a fire tiger, and a fire rat. Fire rat! <laughs> yes, all the fire. Because <laughs> we're hot. No, but I think rat is the first Chinese zodiac. Like, I think the cycle starts with rat. I actually think so, too. Yeah. But I don't know the, the story of the race. Because we're the that. best. <laughs> I don't know. Tigers are pretty cool, too. Tigers are cool, but did they win? I don't know. I Maybe so. they did. It's not about winning. <laughs> <laughs> it's about how many people you help oh. win, Esme. Well, I don't know if the rat helped anybody win. <laughs> I helped well, all the other rats. I bet the tiger did. Either way, <laughs> we, during, gotta, we gotta find this out. During this whole sixteen-week period, I mean, not sixteen-week. That would be that would be awesome. During this next sixteen-day period for Chinese New Year, um, it's a good time to like light a lantern, let it go, send some love to your your friends and family up in the ethereal worlds um and also take time to feast with friends celebrate all the good things coming your way sweet i'm into that <laughs> me too should we story time now yeah <laughs> let's talk about good things are we starting with bottom bun top bun which one comes first story. I'm you're the first, the first story okay lit i as may hit us with your good story my good story drop it like it's hot i will drop it like it's hot Okay, let me tell my story. <laughs> Stop distracting me with fun music, Kristen. My story is about the traditional greeting in New Zealand in the Maori culture called a hongi. And before I dive into that, I am really fascinated by New Zealand and the Maori culture because I studied abroad there for about five months at the end of 2018. And it was one of the greatest times I've ever had in my life. The country is super beautiful. The people are incredibly kind and trusting. And I just had so many amazing memories with friends and places and travel and experiences that I held a very special place in my heart. 
And I realized when I was FaceTiming my friend T, who was my neighbor when I was studying abroad there, that I never actually learned what the significance behind this greeting was. So I asked him about it, and it comes from the Maori story of creation. If you don't know what the hongi is, which most people probably don't, it's when two people come together and touch their noses, and sometimes their forehead as well. I think uh, Meghan Markle and, and Prince Harry came to New Zealand, and there's a pretty famous picture that's been seen by lots of people where she's receiving the hongi uh, with a Maori elder. Mm, that's I, interesting because in Hawaiian culture, they call it honi, and it's honi. the same thing. So like hongi, honi. Oh, yeah, it's like the same you, word. Yeah, it's, it's touch the tip of your nose and the forehead together. What does it mean in Hawaiian culture? Well... When you say they're sharing honi, it's also a form of sharing aloha. And so alo means face-to-face, and ha is the breath of life. So you're you're face-to-face with this person, and you're honoring their energy in that moment, but also their energy that has existed in the past and the energy that will exist in the future. That's so cool. When I was reading about it and doing research more on it after I talked to my friend T, Depending on where you live in New Zealand and what Maori tribe you're a part of, sometimes they do it once and then they pull apart and then they come and do it again. And the first time is for the people and yourselves in the present. And the second time is for everyone who's part of your ancestral history. So they honor both of those timelines by doing it twice. Oh, that's super cool. Super connected, obviously. I love that. So I love that you said that Aloha is broken up into two meanings because Hongi is also broken up into two parts and it's spelled H-O-N-G-I. The Ho part at the beginning or the Ha is the exchange of the breath of life. Whoa. <laughs> and Mind the, explosion. The N-G-I, the Ni part is the acceptance of that gift and the recognition that we all give it to each other. So the hongi is both the giving and receiving of the breath of life. Oh my gosh. Is that why they touch the nose for the breath part? Yes. So this is where that story of creation comes in a little bit more. In the Maori story of creation, which is pretty similar to a lot of other stories of creation. They just have different, different names for the characters in it. The god Tane, he created the first shape of woman out of the land and to finally make that woman come alive he breathed into her through her nose so Mm. the actual touching of the nose really signifies that exchange of the breath of life and i watched some cool videos of maori elders describing it a little bit more and This one person who's very, very well respected, not just in the Maori community, but in New Zealand, throughout the country as a whole. Her name is Dr. Rangi Maori Tuiki Ariki Nui Rose Pere. She said that we believe in the oneness of everything that exists. And when you share Hongi, you're sharing that not with just each other as humans, but also with the earth mother because the Mm. shape of your eyebrows and nose can look like a bird spreading its wings. Oh yeah. Can you see it? Yeah. It can also look like the tail of a whale. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Or, this is so cool. Like the crown of a tree where your nose is the tree trunk. Oh, okay. yeah. And then the, your okay. forehead is yeah. like all of the branches. So she painted those pictures and I was, I could see them all when she described them. Like the shape of our face matches a lot oh, of shapes totally. in nature. Mm-hmm. And it's the understanding that that gift, that breath of life flows through each and every single living thing on this planet. So you take the time to, to share and bask in the unity of that. <laughs> it's so special. No, no, it's, it's so, so special. I'm, I'm laughing because as soon as you started, like, I was thinking about... I was looking at you and I was like, what, a, what does her face look like? What are other nature things I, in nature? What and did I, you come up with? <laughs> I was like, or there, there are two caterpillars walking towards each other. They could, they could be two caterpillars walking. <laughs> they could be two mountain peaks. If you've got, mm-hmm. you know, really defined, sharp eyebrows. Yep. Mm-hmm. They could be the Smoky Mountains. If you have, you know, softer rolling, rolling mm-hmm. eyebrows. So many could things. Could be clouds. Uh, your eyes could be, your eyes could be lakes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that one. A different... Your eyes are lakes. Lakes. That's... That's good. Or a volcano. Or a volcano. My nose, if you, if you look up, your nose kind of looks like a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We just gotta blow some snot and then we got <laughs> it erupting. A different Maori elder described the hangi not just as a greeting, but a way to pay absolute respect for the creator who gave us all the breath of life in the first place. Yes. So it's a way not only to honor the unity and to really take the time to see each other, but to respect and honor and acknowledge the fact that that breath came from a higher source. The Hongi is also a way to acknowledge with each other the union of that breath in a way that celebrated together and not as enemies. And one thing that the Maori elders said that really resonated with me was that when you participate in a hangi, you remember that we are all interrelated and a part of the oneness of everything that exists. Mm-hmm. So, so I really loved learning about that and trying to understand more of where that came from. And it's just purely rooted in such a beautiful philosophy and story that I wanted to share it all with you. I love how, because even visiting New Zealand, they still have schools where they're continuing to pass down all this Maori tradition and education and culture, which is so beautiful to see since a lot of cultures, we tend to lose some of those beautiful things and traditions that we used to highlight back in the day. So the fact that they're keeping it alive is so beautiful. I completely agree. I definitely know that based off of like the experience of friends who I had there, it could for sure be better and absolutely has miles of improvement to go. But compared to how we take care of the Native American traditions here, it's it's so much, so much better with uh, the Maori culture in New Zealand. They have road signs that use the Maori language, te reo Maori, and then English underneath it. And even things as small as that is super, super beautiful that they're honoring the tradition of their country. It all comes back to what we were talking about in the first episode. Uh, it's There's no me, my, or I. It's all we. It's all we. It's all we. It's all woo. It's all we. It's all woo. It's all woo. It's all woo. <laughs> it's all woo. <laughs>
Love each other. <laughs> Love each other. Absolutely. Bottom line. Oh my god, it's all woo. It's all we. Well, this is a great segue into my story. Amazing. On the path of we and woo. My brother-in-law. Whoop whoop. I'm excited to say that out loud. James. James Brad, if you're listening. <laughs> He is a college teacher in England, in the UK, which college in England is different than college here. There are 16 to 19 year olds. Um, and it's where you begin to, you know, learn more about specific passions rather than just academic stuff in school. So it's high school. Sort of. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like that level between high school. It's like senior year of high school. That's what it is. Gotcha. Um, just that year. And then our college is uni. Yes. University. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All the UK things. James works in a college in the UK, in Dudley, UK, and they have this program that's going strong now. It's called ESOL. <laughs> I thought you just said Deadly UK. Oh. And not Dudley. <laughs> Deadly. <laughs> His program is called ESOL, which is, it stands for um, English as an Additional Language. And it's a new program that they have, but it's where they bring, well, it's an opportunity for refugees and other countries that aren't doing as well third world countries to come over and study in a facility and get a better education in England. So this is a new program, but so many kids have been impacted by this and that I think it will continue to grow. But some of the stuff that he shared with me, I thought would be really special to share with you guys. Let's hear it. Let's dive in. Woo woo. Woo woo. Dive. Whoosh. So a lot of the sound effects, all those sound effects, you're killing them. I know. I don't know if I've made any. (laughs) My flint flint was pretty good. (laughs) Okay, dive in. Um, These boys are all 16 to 19 years old, and a lot of them are coming from Muslim countries, and they literally have to, you know, come over by boat. They're coming over just based off whatever little bit they have, but they're so excited and wanting to learn that they're taking these treacherous trips across, you know, the British seas, which are not, you know, the Maldives. They're not super calm oceans. And thousands of people die on these journeys over because just the waters are too too much and their boats can't withstand it. So they're refugees? Um, yes. They're people who don't really have families, um, don't have anything really waiting for them when they get home. Not a way to blossom. So they are sent over. They're ready for their new life. They're looking to get an education and to learn more English. And when they get over, they join the ESOL program at this college. And are James, you saying ESOL? ESOL, like E-S-O-L. Okay, ESOL. I don't actually know if that's the acronym, but the letters are E-S-O-L. Okay, so that's why I'm calling it I just wanted to it visualize ESOL. it because it sounded like ESOL. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. No, that wouldn't be good. Sounds too much like assault. <laughs> Deadly assault. <laughs> I don't know where these words are coming from. Deadly assault with salt. <laughs> um, no, we're not about that. Here. <laughs> yeah, we're not about that. So they come over excited to learn, and James specifically deals with helping the kids in sport. Um, and in particular, these boys love soccer. Which you'll see these pictures. Football. Yeah. Football. Football, Football. as they call it. Football. 
Um, and you'll see these pictures on our Instagram and our Twitter and all that good stuff. Is that Ollie just turned off the podcast? <laughs> I, know. I was just about to say Ollie was going to Ollie, I love you. I know it's football. I'm trying to relate to our American American listeners. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> you don't know how to say that, right? James is probably saying that too. Everyone in England's like, yeah. football. We just yeah. lost our whole entire UK. I know, I know. So James uses the power of sport to tackle issues such as developing social skills and integrating them into society. Now, these boys have totally changed his perspective towards refugees even and has made the program, you know, get stronger because of the way that they show up. And even though they don't have really anything to go back to, they are learning English as a second language and it's mostly not there at the moment, they are always on time for class. Whenever James walks in or any teacher walks in to guide them, they stand up to greet them. Like, they stand up and they never have any sort of attitude. They're just there to learn. They're excited. They're grateful. There's no sort of, you know, expectation or they think they're less or deserve more. My heart just got so light imagining that. I was imagining a classroom and just, like, the, the respect... And the the honoring of you know their teacher walking in the room. It's, we're, I feel like we're losing that. It's because yeah. they're coming from a place of gratitude. Anytime you come from a place of gratitude, you can show up better in your life, and that's why they're showing up with so much respect for James. And like, oh, good job. Yes. Um, good job, refugees. And they're doing such amazing work and in inspiring even these teachers and this program. But now the program has. Um, worked with 120 young people and it's growing because of the impact that these refugees have had on the whole entire educational system in England. People are inspired by them, by their tenacity, by their perseverance, by their willingness to learn and grow. James has gotten lots of family members, friends, and people on the school board to participate more by asking them if they have any clothes that they can donate or anything that they don't need that they could give to these boys. And on top of that, because a lot of them are Muslim, they celebrate Ramadan, which Ramadan is a holiday that is celebrated for like a month to honor God. And so they abstain from a lot of pleasures, which include, you know, eating and drinking during all the daylight hours. So... That's, that's different in the UK and then in, the America, in America, correct? And what they did in England is when Ramadan was happening for all these boys, you know, they weren't eating during the day. They didn't really have energy to play football. Um, and James and the school board participated in buying all the kids, you know, food for when it's time for them to eat and then organizing, you know, the football pitch to be lit up so that they could have lights on the field and they could play, like, when they have their energy after they ate around like the early hours of the morning when it's all dark. I love that flexibility. Um, I love yeah. that so, respect. Yeah. There's a respect both ways there. Yeah. Like those kids are showing up with respect for the game and respect for their teachers and their teachers and their mentors are having respect for their culture and their experience. Yes. Beautiful. And it's beautiful. I haven't heard of that. Mutual respect. I haven't heard of that happening, you know, elsewhere, you know, who usually accommodates their whole school system um, so that they can still participate and get the best education and the best sort of team building, you know, experience. I'm sure it happens out there in, in random places, but you don't hear about it 
which is why I'm glad you're sharing so that people can hear about this uh, showing of respect. And hopefully people will be more willing to implement it in their school systems or in their lives, in their organization, whatever it is. Yeah. Make those and school just, systems less archaic. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, oh was, was that a call, call back? back. <laughs> um, and shout out to James because for those of you who don't know him, he is literally the most caring person ever. He's the person that if you see someone you know, homeless on the street that looks cold, he'll take the jacket off his back and like give it to this person. Like he's super giving, super kind. Um, and it just reflects that it, it makes me so happy that he's a teacher and he's the person that's dealing with a lot of our youth and kids when they're in that big transitional state of their life and their mindset. So shout out to you, James, for changing lives. Did you say what kind of teacher he was? He... He teaches like everything. So his degree, he gets to, he kind of. He's an everything teacher. (laughs) He's an everything teacher. Um, He teaches them English when he has to, but he also teaches sport. He's, he kind of bounces around. I'm not sure his exact title for, I don't think it's like the same. Teacher of everything. Yeah. I don't think it's the same as America where you just teach like one subject and that's your jam. Mm -hmm. He can teach everything and he bounces between, but I know he mostly does English and sport. I'm excited for how this program continues to grow and the more people that they can help and bring over and inspire. Uh, These boys deserve it. And James has even said that being a part of this experience for him has not only opened his eyes and changed the way he looks at refugees, but the way he looks at everyone and everything. Everything in life is a gift, and it's our choice to see it as that. Say that again (laughs) for the people in the back. People in the back. Everything in life is a gift, and it's our choice to show up and take those gifts and open them and share them, or it's our choice to take that gift and be selfish with it and put it under the Christmas tree till next year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Life is a gift. Life, is a, life gift. is a gift. The breath of life is a gift. Ooh, ooh. All of it. It's all tied together. I'm filled. So thank you. Shout out to you. So basically, my takeaway from that story is that James is way cooler than Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie's my husband, for all of you listening who have no idea. Um, James is your new best friend, Esme. Woo! <laughs> I'm starting to like board. England a little bit more now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's really cute is Ollie was actually the one who said, you should you should talk about my brother James and what he's doing with the refugees. Okay, small so, shout out to Ollie for that. So they're, they're each other's biggest fans, which is also really cute. That is really cute. Oh, yeah, I definitely turned off the podcast again. <laughs> He's like, bye, Esme. <laughs> Esme, you're canceled. <laughs> you're canceled. Kristen, bring us back. Bring them back on the air. Ollie, I got you. Ollie, I got this you. This one's for you. This one's for you. It's about hidden treasure. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, wait, wait, okay. I heard treasure. I heard pirate in my brain. And then I thought of Popeye being a pirate on a search for hidden treasure. Aww. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, I'm descended from pirates. You are! I am. Yeah, I'm descended from pirates. I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm French Cajun, and uh, my ancestors who were pirates were from France, and one of my ancestors got caught by one of the King Louis. I don't know which one. Dun dun dun! <laughs> and his sentence was sentenced to death. 
by way of being buried inside of a cave at high tide. And so they buried him up to his neck in the sand and he just had to watch the water get closer and closer and closer until eventually it was over his head and he drowned. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, on, a, on another note, I actually am a daughter of the American Revolution. <laughs> I have a little card and everything that says so. <laughs> one of my ancestors... What does that mean? One of my ancestors... <laughs> Was one of the first people who traveled over on the Mayflower oh, to the pilgrimage cool. to America. I hope he had nothing to do with that. <laughs> this was really funny because we gave Ollie a shout out and just were like, Ollie, this one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kristen told a super dark story about how her ancestor was a pirate in time. <laughs> like I said, I got you, Ollie. <laughs> Okay. What's your real story? Back, back to the good stories. Okay, to the good stories. <laughs> this is fun facts. Uh, my story is about hidden treasure. And oh, yeah, that's why we went down. Yes, yeah, that's that's what brought us down the pirate, the, the pirate bunny trail, or side trail. Or Where were the bunnies? Where were the bunnies? <laughs> the pirate trail. What do you call it? Um, bunny hole. Rat hole. <laughs> no, like you go off on a bunny trail. Rat hole. Side side trail. <laughs> Anyway, I've never heard that before. <laughs> treasure. Well, that's going to be my word for you for the day. Bunny uh, trail. Bunny trail. It is a story about hidden treasure being found inside of a couch. So <laughs> this guy named Howard Kirby from Owasso, Michigan. I think I'm saying that. Owasso, Owasso, Michigan. He went into a Habitat for Humanity store looking for a couch to put inside his man cave. And he walked in. His man cave specifically, not his house. No. <laughs> his, act, his man cave. Yes, his man cave. Not his house, his man cave. And he found the perfect couch. He was like, this is the one. I like it. Brought it home. And as he was chilling in his man cave, he was like, hmm, this is couch isn't as comfortable as I thought it would be. So his daughter unzips the cushions and finds hundreds of dollar bills stuffed inside the cushions and i'm sure there were other than dollars there's i'm sure five ten and twenties and hundreds because it ended up totaling forty three thousand one hundred and seventy dollars in cash oh shit that's a lot of money like that's whoa. some dough no. that's like a lot of my student loans right there man in a couch can we so, pause can real can quick can we unzip my couch <laughs> Can we pause real quick and ask where did he purchase this couch from? A Habitat for Humanity store in Owasso, Michigan. Or is that like kind of like a Goodwill? Sort I think of it's deal? a kind of a Goodwill or Salvation Army because uh, he got it secondhand. Mm-hmm. And first of all, everyone go and zip your couch cushions because <laughs> you never know. Drb. Drb. <laughs> uh, and, but when he he found it, of course. He was in shock and they're like, oh my gosh, what do you do? And he talked to his lawyer and his lawyer said, you're <laughs> under your no lawyer. <laughs> your <laughs> your <laughs> southern accent your, came your out lawyer. Lawyer. <laughs> lawyer. So did he, he say it? That was, so he got an actual lawyer's opinion. Yeah. He talked okay. to his, is it lo- lawyer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you say it? Lawyer. Yes. Lawyer. <laughs> 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 lawyer. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Lawyer, is that it? Okay. <laughs> okay. He talked to his lawyer. 
Sounds so weird. And he said that he was under no obligation to give the money back. Howard felt like it was his moral duty to find the owner and to return the money. So Aww. I know. What is your part? Moral moral call of duty. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pumped. He was today. following his inner compass. He was. Oh, is that a callback to yes, Michelle? A callback. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so he contacted the Habitat for Humanity store, which he bought the couch from, and he was able to find the owner, the original owner who donated it. Her name was Kim Falth Newberry. I think that I'm pronouncing the Falth part right. Kim Falth Newberry. And she was shocked, first of all, to hear the news of this story because she had inherited it from her grandfather. So her grandfather was the one who was hoarding all the dollar dollar bills inside of his oh couch. That cash money. That cash money. Yeah, so she couldn't believe that A there was money. There in was there. $43,170 inside of the is couch. The 43, is that number? Forty-three thousand. The value today. Well, this only happened like a year ago. So, but in that grandfather's oh, time, oh yeah, that forty-three thousand dollars would be worth like a hundred thousand. So much more than that. Wow. Yeah, I wonder what the time. I wonder. I wonder when he started stashing it. Like, I wonder if he accumulated it over time. Mm-hmm. Or just had a bunch of money and stashed it and put it all on the couch at once. <laughs> I feel like the way it's written in the story, it was done over time because she made it sound like it was crumpled up different dollar bills, fives, tens, twenties, all throughout the couch kitchens. And if it was at one time, I see it more being neatly wrapped $100 bill stacks. You yeah. should be a detective. Good job. I also think mood. you're thinking with your noggin. Got a good one. And it probably dates back to like when the Great Depression happened, when all the banks crashed. Oh, and so people maybe didn't want to trust banks. And so that's when people started hoarding money in their toilets and their couches and keeping it at home because they didn't trust a bank. I feel like a toilet is not a smart place to hoard your money. That's where no. she hid it in Pretty Woman. I know. But what if, what if a pipe leaks? All your money's ruined. It's true. That's true. Exactly. It's true. Um, this grandpa they was just, smart. Yeah, the grandpa, was, grandpa smart. was super smart. He's like, I'm sitting on my dough. Much better, y'all Yes. Oh, shit, it was great. So she was shocked a that her grandfather had been stashing all of this money in a couch. B, probably the fact that she was she inherited it. You know, she was the one that got the the lucky money stuffed couch. And see that Howard Kirby was wanting to give it back. I know. Oh my God. That's, I know. If I found that's a nice gesture. $43,000 in a couch, I'd be like, hallelujah. I'm going to treat my family and my friends and do nice things with it. But I probably would not think to go trace the origin of that couch yeah. and bring it back. Yeah. So they arranged a meeting and there's this awesome picture of the two of them hugging. And I'm sure sharing about how crazy this story is and how crazy that they're they're meeting uh you know what i love about that story if he was at a habitat for humanity to purchase a couch you can probably infer from that that he's not loaded financially 
Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if I had tons of money, I wouldn't go buy my couch at Habitat for Humanity. I would go buy it from West Elm. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go buy a bougie couch with like an L shape and the feet rest. For your and, man cave. And, and big fluffy cushions. My woman you know? cave. My woman cave. So this guy sounds like he's coming from very humble origins, but is just so honest and so true to his moral compass that he was willing to give it all back, even though he probably could have really benefited from that money. Yeah. yeah. Or he could have swiped like three thousand off the top and then like I only yeah. found forty thousand. And then she would have never know? known. She wouldn't have even known. But he was like, I'm gonna give her every single penny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if it's down to the specificity of hundred and seventy two dollars and fifty three cents. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, and it, it does go on later to say that he told reporters that he could have used a new roof because his roof was leaking, there needed to be some repair done. But he felt better about giving all of the money back and uh, that he was happier knowing that he did the right thing. Yes. Yes. What's his name? Howard Kirby. Howard Kirby, you angel. Restoring the faith of humanity. Integrity, honesty is the best policy. If she inherited that couch, I feel like she must have at least sat on it once or twice. You know, she could have notice the uncomfort as well and it takes it takes that thought process to be like i'm gonna check the couch cushions rather than i'm just gonna sell this couch because it's not comfy yeah you know could have been passed on and to the to the next person go howard kirby's daughter for checking to unzip the couch cushions yeah that's smart lady Oh my god. You're the real MVP. My mind just kind of went to like how to, how to get away with murder for a second. I was like, there could have been something else. Yeah. In those yes. This is not a true crime podcast. Yeah, is- <laughs> but let's hope for money every time. Yeah, another thing that Kirby said was he had always wondered what he would do in a situation like that. And now that he knows, it feels really good. Because it's true. Like, what would you do if you were walking out of Trader Joe's and you saw a, a bag dropped in the parking lot? You go over there, you pick it up, and it's $10,000 cash. If there was an ID in that bag, I would go find that person. If there was not, I would keep it because that's a lot of effort to find someone without an ID. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and, and I don't yeah. trust the people in Los Angeles to be like honest. Oh, honest yeah, 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 for it, sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, my brother even had a situation like this in Canada where we were on vacation in British Columbia and someone lost their wallet, which had like $2,000 of cash in it, just hundos and hundos and (laughs) hundos, but the wallet was like empty besides like the cash. That's like the weird thing. So he actually went and turned it in to the police officer area he turned it into the station and that person came back and like claimed it was like looking for it and my brother didn't take any of the cash um and that guy was so thankful but in my head I was like if someone like saved me two thousand dollars I feel like I would give him like a hundred bucks yeah right you you know yeah Yeah. this guy didn't give my brother anything but it's okay also (laughs) I feel like if I grabbed that and didn't wasn't able to find the owner I would feel obligated to donate it or something you know like Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it would be hard to spend yeah, it'd mm-hmm. be hard to spend as your own for sure. Yeah. I mean, all of us with a moral conscience, at least. <laughs> a conscience. I would probably do like a, 
like uh, treat yourself to like a hundred and then donate the rest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. I mean, in my head, that's what I think I would do too. You but know, honor your time yeah. and the effort that you spent in trying to locate this human. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Exactly. I so I thought that that was great. It definitely was a little uplifting feeling for me that to know that there are people out there that will follow their own moral code and listen to their inner conscious and uh, make someone's day by surprising them with a couch full of $43,170. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Great job, Howard. Everyone be more like Howard. I obviously need to be a little bit more like Howard. <laughs> <laughs> We're discovering things about our true selves right now. Thank you for listening to all of our stories and all of the tangents that went along with them. Please share us with your friends and your family, www.allthegoodthingspodcast.com, and have a beautiful, fantastic day. We're excited to see you next week, or speak to you next week. <laughs> talk excited. to you next week yeah. talk to you we're excited to, to share our good stories with you next monday there we go yes Woo. Woo. bye fam bye-bye all the good things we got all the good things a story to uplift and moments of bliss to remind us all that life is a gift and because we truly care all the good things we share